to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Tammy. And I'm Will. Woo! Yay! We did it. We we got it in order. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> now that now there's three of us, it's it's a bit easier. Uh, and joining us <laughs> this week, we have two very special guests, very special returning guests. We've got the font of all medical knowledge in the world. It's Dr. Moira Brown. <laughs> Hello. And we have uh, Tammy and my, my pal in all things to the X-Files. Uh, in fact, I'd say he's an X-Files super fan. It's Brad. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Disagree. Disagree. <laughs> X-Files expert, maybe. Yeah. But super fan? I don't know. <laughs> mm. We're all X-Files experts at this point, Tammy. Yeah. All, you know, us three. Um, so this week we are covering two episodes as opposed to when we've started covering one each week. So we're doing episodes three and four. Um, I should ask, Moira, have you seen the entire season of uh, Jessica Jones season two? Claire, you should know by now about my amazing willpower abilities. I'm the name Will, willpower. Um, no, I have not. I have, in fact, only finished watching episode four this very day. Wow. Wow. You are, you are so I'm being good. Very strong, very uh, willpowered. <laughs> uh, and Brad, what about you? No, I've only watched episode four. I've been busy watching the stupid X-Files. <laughs> Well, X-Files is finished now, Brad, so you can watch the whole series if you like. And I will. Ooh. Yes, I, I, probably, I probably will do exactly that as soon as I'm finished. <laughs> uh, well, that's a, a good sign, I guess, that you, you liked it. Okay, I haven't got much news this week. All, all the news I have is Black Panther-themed. Um, oh, there's one little Sounds bit good. of, uh, of um, Avengers news, actually, which is that apparently there was a photo released recently of a cinema... A standee, like a cardboard standee um, somewhere, promoting the film, and it had something like 25 characters on it, like all the characters that are going to be featured, but no Hawkeye. Aww. I just thought I'd mention that, because poor Sad Sack Hawkeye wasn't on it. It makes me sad. You know, know, we have to, you know, Team Hawkeye and all that, I don't know. Uh, Anyway, Black Panther... I didn't realize we were Team Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> Black Panther. Look, he has arrows. He shoots stuff. I mean, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> he's, married, he's married to that woman out of Freaks and Geeks. Great. <laughs> so Black Panther is now officially the highest grossing superhero movie of all time in the USA. Uh, and no, I still haven't seen I think it. We pass money to it. <laughs> I think that's just down to Tammy. You've seen it how many times now? Three. Three times. I've seen it three. Brad, you've seen it twice, right? Yeah. I've, uh, Will, and Will, you've seen it. Have you seen it, Moira? Yeah, only once, though. Oh. I have not seen it yet, so <laughs> I was just keeping you company, Claire, so you wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> oh, thank. We need to get to Kingston and see it, but we'll have to decide yes. if it's my Kingston or your Kingston. Oh, I think I'll come to yours. Yay. Well, I might see it tomorrow if I can. I still have not seen it. I have been on holiday this week, and that is my excuse. Um, But hopefully I will see it at some point before, you know, it's released on rental, because I would like to see it on the big screen. Um, So it's now officially the highest grossing superhero movie of all time, and it accounts for roughly a quarter of the movie industry's 2018 first quarter revenue. 
that blows wow. my mind. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so, I uh, hear... Go ahead. Where, where does Hurricane Heist fall on that, on that list? Uh, <laughs> let me just unroll my giant list. Um, oh, it's number 396. Oh. <laughs> Out of 390 movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> better than I thought. Um... Well, yeah, I, like here, I know locally, it's still on like multiple screens in yeah. theaters. So mm-hmm. it's not, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> so. Well, my mom has said she wants to go and see it. And my mom, like, doesn't watch any superhero films, but she really wants to go and see it. So it's like, really good. It's yeah. really, well, obviously, I've seen it three times. I guess I should, so, <laughs> I guess the theory is I liked it. So <laughs> I think you guys would enjoy seeing it. Cool. Uh, so that was the, the news for this week. I don't have anything else, I'm afraid. Um, so let's get into the episodes, I guess. So the first episode... So reason, is- I, I was I was like having a momentary freak out because I thought we were going to have to do a 60-second summary, but <laughs> that's another show. <laughs> and cover both episodes in oh uh, 60 God. seconds. Yeah. You can do that if you want, Will. <laughs> I'll just do it silently. I'm glad, so glad we don't have to do that, hopefully, anymore for X-Files. But that's a different podcast. (laughs) So, um, the first episode we're covering is episode three, a.k.a. Soul Survivor. As her visions intensify, Jessica visits an abandoned clinic where she stumbles upon a new lead. Jerry faces an ultimatum after her secret gets out. And it was written by Lisa Randolph and directed by Mersey Olmos. And the next episode is AKA God Help the Hobo. It's episode four, uh, written by Jack Kenny, directed by Deborah Chow. Uh, synopsis says between anger management classes and tabloid scandals, Jessica and Trish track down a third patient linked to IGH. Oscar extends an olive branch. Quite accurate. I don't know. Uh, okay. Olive branch. Yeah. The olive branch being a bottle of whiskey and his penis. <laughs> <laughs> But Angela, if you're listening, you were wrong. We don't get sex between them in episode four. Almost. And I did think we were when it cut to um, um, Trish and Griffin. I was like, oh, did they have sex? But I couldn't remember. Anyway, so let's. uh, So I separated into Jessica, Trish, uh, Trish, including Griffin, Jerry, Malcolm and the killer, uh, because the killer has some scenes we should discuss so let's go through jessica's stuff first so first time we see jessica is on the beach with trish did you guys at first understand what this thing flying into the sea was because i didn't like, even did notice you see it? I, I didn't oh. even notice Honestly. i don't think i noticed it until today when i rewatched it it's oh. i didn't notice it the first time and it looks like a piece of cloth that flies into the water and i was thinking what the hell is that and then I realized it's Simpson's body. Simpson. And it's so funny to me now. I rewound those first five seconds so many times and just laughed. Because it's just his body flies about a mile out into the ocean, just goes wee into the ocean. Plop <laughs> over Jessica's voiceover. And oh, then we oh pass Jessica and it it just it just seems so funny to me. Wow, I can't believe I didn't even catch it. Okay, first of all, in my defense, I only watched it once, but I was just looking at the scene and taking it in and going, oh, look, a pretty beach. <laughs> you know, I wasn't paying attention at all. 
He's pretty pretty. That's I just funny. watched it right now, and it's pretty great. It's <laughs> so funny. Some people skip rocks. Some people throw bodies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish it had skipped across the water as well, rather than just sunk. It would have been hilarious. But it's the fact that it just pans back to, uh, to Jessica, and she doesn't look like she's thrown anything. No. It's, it's, she's just standing there. <laughs> just amuse me. Um, so she used to go there every summer with her family and after they died she thought about going there again to end her life and it was like whoa start start to the episode Um, and there's a little sad sack fun fair in the background I wonder if that will come back Mm. Uh, (laughs) bad things always happen at fun fairs if we've learned anything from the Punisher Um, (laughs) and this is when they find that bag of Simpsons goodies and Trish is like, oh, I'll totally keep that. Mm. Did you guys, like, foresee that she was going to end up taking that inhaler at this point? No, I didn't, at least. No, no. I, um, because she's sort of going on so much about being, you know, weak and inferior and stuff, I think at this point Rebecca and I were like, oh, she's, yeah, that inhaler, she's, that's going to end up in Trish at some point. Um, so the next scene we cut to one of Brad's favorite things, which is hypnotic regression. I know you're a big fan, of Brad. <laughs> so this guy is Dr. Tybalt, who she was going to have on Trish Talk. Yes. 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 He's the ringmaster. Yes. He's a Marvel character known Sorry. as the ringmaster. And uh, he's a bit creepy. <laughs> he's like, I yeah. don't uh, trust him. Um, we don't so really... Oh, go on. Question. Um, Claire, I... I, I don't spoil anything, but is uh, Dr. Tibble going to um, pull off uh, one of his great schemes from the comics where he uh, hypnotizes <laughs> old people into robbing places oh, for him? Well, I did not know that was in the comics, but now I know why they decide to do that in episode 11. And oh, it's oh a God. treat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great, particularly when you see Stanley going around hitting people and robbing them. It's brilliant. <laughs> that would be delightful. Um, oh, great! We see mostly them... uh, robbing uh, um, the grave of Jack Kirby. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't need to be in the show to do that. That's what he does every his yeah. oh, ninety-six oh. years, however long he's been alive. Yeah. Oh, it's in his contract. If he gets a chance to steal something from Jack Kirby, he's gonna do it. <laughs> Poor Jack Kirby. <laughs> oh dear. Um, we do get a standing cameo in this season. Look out for it. Marvel Liz or whatever I don't know yeah uh, we also get some discussion of the meat face creature in this scene as well um, that we saw before and Griffin arrives and he's really annoyed at Trish for going off on her own um, Moira and Brad what are your thoughts on Griffin <laughs> um, I don't trust him <laughs> <laughs> no. I was listening to last week's podcast and I think Tammy was saying, maybe it's just because he's pretty, and so we know not to trust the pretty ones. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a bit of that. But uh, they give us a few more clues, you know. Um, yeah, you, you just get the sense that there's more going on. He seems a little too interested in her story, like in what she's chasing. And I don't know, he just seems shady. Yeah. Too good to be true, maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Dudes are the worst, um, first and foremost. Um, and, like, he's some successful news asshole. Nah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's like a, a daredevil, no pun intended, like, news reporter. He goes in dangerous situations, Brad. Yeah. Yeah, nobody really does that anymore. I wish. <laughs> but, uh, and not and have a television show. Well, 
Yeah, I think he's got like his own, and he's super famous yeah. as well, which is kind of I don't know, it's kind yeah. of weird. No. Yeah. People that actually report don't don't have like their television <laughs> show. They report. Exactly. What about uh, Alex Jones, Brad? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know when Alex Jones was was out out in the war fields. <laughs> Uh, warning us all about the dangers of the half gorilla, half pig, half bear. <laughs> about the oh, human bear pig. Oh. oh no! So the next time we see Jessica is when she's carrying these gigantic boxes of files back to the office and finds out they're being evicted uh, by Oscar mm. because it's illegal to run a business in a residential area, which someone brought up last week and it made me laugh. Yeah, that was me, was. I think. Was it you? Yeah, that made me yeah. kind of chuckle to myself because it's like, isn't it illegal to run like a business? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of course, she storms off to see Oscar and she sees Vito. Vito? I can never remember his name. Vito or Vito? Vito. 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 Uh, and i got a question. Okay, well, I want to know, first of all, as well, Moira and Brad, what are your thoughts on Oscar? One of the other new men in this season. Mm, um, okay, so I, I think he's he's being made to look like he's shady and unscrupulous, but um, I'm not convinced that's going to be the case. Like, I think he's just a guy trying to get by. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the thing I'm not sure about is whether or not he'll hang around and, and become a more important part of her sort of cadre of characters or not we'll have to see i suppose but i figure if they bought well they bothered to introduce him and the actor's pretty good you know and i'm I'm hoping he might have a bit more of a role to play so i i I disagree wholeheartedly (laughs) (laughs) um i don't think he's gonna be around long to play a part for a part to play because he's made this arc way too fast (laughs) it is a very quick change around of his opinion i I feel like his days are numbered. <laughs> I know someone last week said as well they think he's going to get fridged. I think that was Heath and Angela talking about that. Yeah. Um, mm. He's going to get killed off and that's going to drive Jessica into action. Uh, who knows? I want to know why he's wearing a giant talisman necklace around his neck. Because I don't know what's going on with this necklace. It looks like he's trying to ward off vampires or something. It's kind of insane. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's huge. It's like, it's a weird, it's like a triangle thing with, like, a sharp edge on one side. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it looks well, he's, very well, he's, much like he's, he's trying to keep it, it safe from Damien Dark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Damien Dark hasn't appeared in any of these shows yet, but hopefully he will. Give him time. <laughs> show up. Oh, I hope so. Uh, so Jessica goes through the files in her office, and she makes a big notice board of connections including photos of the accident including one of her brother's head going through some glass which is oh, that was yeah. kind of harsh and there's a report that says how the family died and that jessica was the sole survivor ding ding mm-hmm. episode title um so then she has this wacky dream about having a whiskey bottle IV in her arm and it's snowing ashes which is yeah cool. the ash dream i was like ominous yeah <laughs> And then um, um, Meat, meat Face I, grabs her as well, again. I, I, I hate to say it to, to mention X-Files again, but that is definitely on my struggle IV. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, there's maybe only about three people that will get that joke. Uh, well, but I'm one of them, so I'll allow it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and is this, like, the first time she wakes up by falling out of bed? Because she does this later as well. Yes, it is, I think. She yeah. just keeps rolling out of bed. 
She's got those little, little bumpers you give a toddler on the side of a bed. Yeah, that IV scared me. That's really retro. That's like a 1950s IV system. I don't know what that's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, it's... Dreamwise, I don't know. It's creepy, though. Yeah, the whole thing with the ashes kind of, yeah, creeps me well, out. I don't like it. Well, her family's ashes, I assume. That's the metaphor. Uh, I guess it's Phillips from when they, you know, were raining down on her. Mm-hmm. Um, when she wakes up, Malcolm's there, and he gives her an energy drink, and he's <laughs> found out all the info about Oscar, that he's an ex-con for forgery, which is... Jessica suspected he had a past with the uh, the cops because of the way he reacted to having uh, Costa and Sunday turn up at his door. Um, and we find out that Jessica never got given any empanadas on Sundays from the old, <laughs> the old super. Oh. Yeah. I thought that was sad. Yeah. Like, I would have loved empanadas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the old super sounds like a nice guy. Just giving out free empanadas. Be awesome. I- I don't. I, I don't trust neighbor food. No way. <laughs> I'm always getting given neighbor food because across um, the road from me is like a, um, a Islamic center um, where it's like a, a meeting center thing, and they do like um, like parties there, you know, for the families and stuff that live in the area. But they're always like have leftover food, and they just like come to our house and like, oh, do you want all this food? And we're like, yeah, sure, it's great. Wow. Yeah, and then I've also had like a, we once had a full on um, like huge uh, like three day um, wedding uh, next door like wedding celebrations because the family I live next to are from India and their oh, daughter was getting married and they like party oh. for like three days and there was like awesome Bollywood oh, music yeah. playing throughout the day it was great and then they made so much food and they just like brought it all the leftovers to us and we were like yeah yum 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 oh, so delicious. <laughs> We're, we're fed well. You, do they think that you guys are homeless and that's a shelter? Like, are they <laughs> Maybe. They know that we're like five unmarried young women. They feel like they have to take care of us. That's cute. So uh, because the doctor told Jessica to open the door, she's examining this photo of a door. And she goes to IGH no, to... Wait, wait, can we just hold door? it right there? Sure. Okay, why would there be a photo of a door in her file? That just strikes me as really uh-huh. weird. I don't, don't, I don't walk around the hospital taking pictures of doors. <laughs> like, that's just... That's, yeah. I I'm do stretching my belief well. boundary. Who took this photo? <laughs> why? Yes. Yes. Listen, listen. It's very important to take a picture uh, when you go into a place. <laughs> just take a photo so you remember it. You want to have those special door memories. Oh, okay, thank you, Brad. That explains yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's such a pretty door. I'm going to invite everyone to my next art show. It's nothing but <laughs> <like> doors. <laughs> Look, you, could, doors. you could get an ex- ex- uh, exhibition in um, uh, the Tate Modern in London with that, because I've seen oh, yep. way worse stuff in Tate Modern. Yep. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that people don't even realise is art. They just think it's a toilet sitting there. No, it's an art form, apparently. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So Jessica goes to IDH and she looks for this door. And then when she finds it, inside is a medical room. I still have no idea how she works out that sign, the the name on the door. Is it that it's been repainted or... Yeah, and it's like recently been repainted. Yeah, it's tacky. It's still kind of wet. So why would the dust only stick to her to the name i, I think it's slightly raised yes that's what i was oh, gonna say okay. i think that's why it's raised oh 
Okay, fair enough. That makes sense. Now, who knows? I don't know if that actually makes any kind of real life sense or not, but <laughs> that's what I worked out. I couldn't work it out. I didn't know if it was like the letters were stuck to the door and they'd been removed, so that was a tackiness of glue that was still there. Like I, I don't know. I was confused. That could be it, too. I don't know. <laughs> um, so Jessica meets up with Trish and uh, they talk about... Uh, Dr. Hansen, uh, she worked in Metro General in the 90s, um, you know, the only hospital in New York. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, but 20 of 20 years of her have been wiped out, uh, off the Internet. Um, and this is when Trish and her sort of talk about Griffin for a bit. But Jessica says, no, nope, I've looked into him and he's all good. He's a decent guy. Mm-hmm. See, guys, he's a decent guy. Jessica's looked mm-hmm. into him. <laughs> Well, normally I trust Jessica, but sorry, my spidey senses are tingling about him, so nope. <laughs> okay, we'll have to see. Um, so next they go and visit Hanson's apartment and uh, pretend to be the Chinese delivery, I guess. And it's a rent-controlled apartment in New York, so <laughs> like Jessica says, no one is giving that up willingly. Um, and it's spotless and there's no mementos, and then they find out that the woman moved out this week and he saw someone, uh, a woman, taking boxes to the basement. Uh, basically, all of my notes are for this bit is Jessica and Trish visit this place, and then they are told to go to this place. So they go to this place, because <laughs> then it's <laughs> Jessica and Trish go and visit the basement. <laughs> um, what did you think they were going to find in that furnace? Obviously, nothing good. I, no, yeah. honestly, a dead body. Cause yeah. Definitely. What show was I just watching where there was a bunch of dead bodies in a furnace? What show were you watching? Oh, oh, iZombie. In iZombie, there was uh, like four skulls in that furnace. So I just ew. assumed if you're in, you're in Seattle or New York, apparently when you open these things, you find skulls. So, yep. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to keep a skull in a building, that's probably the best place. Yeah, Brad, you don't carry a skull around in your bag? No, no, I tend to avoid it. <laughs> it looked like a bowling bag that she put it in. It's like she's going to go bowling yeah. with this little <laughs> yeah, head. Was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of like, where did she grab that bag from? I think it was Trish's, and I think they oh, left the bag. Just emptied it. I think when they... Oh, I think it was in the um, in the storage locker where all the oh, other stuff it? was. Yeah. She just grabbed oh. a rando bag. I thought it was Trish's bag, and I was like, that's an awesome no, thing to do, is put this dead head in That does not look like Trish's style. I'm sorry. No, no, I think that's it was just not... a random... Yeah. Because theoretically, there's things stored there, though we don't really see those things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, true. Um, would the skull, I guess the skull would still be in one part if the rest of it is burnt up? Because you have to, like, is this is this right, Moira? See, I'm glad you're here with well, your medical knowledge. Because when you cr- do a <laughs> cremation, you have to kind of hit the, the bones to break them down. I'm just laughing, thinking, yeah, it's my sidelining in the mortuary. No. <laughs> now, I think I think probably the way I'm going to interpret that to make it believable is the the whole body was shoved in there. It was burnt, and the fire didn't completely consume everything. It just didn't burn completely equally because it doesn't if you just leave it. You have to have an ongoing source of heat, like gas flames, the way they have in a real crematorium, right? So. The head was at one end, and it didn't completely get destroyed. That's why there's, it's kind of gross, but there's still what looks like flesh and muscle and stuff mm. on it. Yeah. So that's my assumption. Otherwise, it would have been, um, it, when you really cremate somebody, you, you might have the odd little fragment of bone left. Yeah. But that's about it. 
So you wouldn't that's have why a whole they scarf. siphon it, don't they? Or they they uh, put the ash through a sieve or something, don't they? And get rid of the mm-hmm. bone fragments or something. I think. Yeah. I'm just thinking what yeah, I so learned from watching a... Six Feet Under. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So poor poor body disposal would be my diagnosis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so next, Jessica and Trish go and visit somewhere else. They go to Riverbank Medical Center, uh, the morgue, and we meet an old friend of ours from season one. Maury Tattlebaum. Do you guys remember him from season one? No. No. I I love this guy. Um, Yeah, this is great. The guy, and on Facebook, this actor, I love the fact that he's so excited that that Maury's back, and he's like, yay, all the Maury fans are so excited that he's back in season two. (laughs) Because I was excited to see him again, because in season one, um, uh, they have a callback to it, because Trish... um, bribed him with uh, a uh, seating at like a fancy restaurant and um, got some information out of him. So I like that they brought him back for this, uh, this little scene again. I think he's great. Where do you think he's going to eat next season, Claire? <laughs> oh, I think he's going to, um, uh, where's the, uh, the, the restaurant that, uh, that you went to Tammy with the, uh, the chili lights from uh, Daredevil that, uh, that oh, you can't yeah. get into because they, they drag you into another one instead. Yeah, it's that's a weird that's a weird scam situation over there. Yeah, I can't remember the name. Yeah, you might eat there. And Wait, what? Oh, oh, back up. You mean you tried to eat at the chili place and you didn't actually get to eat there? Uh, no, because oh. there are actually four restaurants that look exactly the same. That uh-huh. two are next to each other and two are above each other, and then they've got like you cannot tell which one it is. Mm-hmm. Until like you're in the restaurant and then you can see the, what the menu says, oh. um, and they just have someone like all all the guys are like trying to get you into their restaurant and like we literally <laughs> got scooted into a restaurant. Got it. <clears throat> but they all look exactly the same. Like there's no difference in them. <laughs> it was. It's very bizarre. Very bizarre. <laughs> Super sneaky. So I'm guessing yeah. Matt and Karen didn't mean to go there on their date. They just yeah, got exactly. scooted into that restaurant. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think so. I think and they I'm were like, out. eh, this guy's blind. He won't care, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I also love the um, the fact, and I didn't notice it in season one, this guy really sounds like Nathan Lane. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else thought that. I was like, wow, his voice is exactly like Nathan Lane. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Please tell me you noticed that, Brad. Was, I don't think so. Uh, it, it, was yeah. someone wearing a red coat at some point? Because I just wrote down red coat <laughs> with no content. <laughs> no, it's quite well. Yeah, this was like orangey, Brad. Yeah, it's orangey. Uh, yeah. Or were you watching your neighbors just walk by, by outside? <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe I was. You saw little red riding against... go past. <laughs> I was just thinking that he spotted he spotted little red. <laughs> She's hanging out there. Maybe um, I was having a flashback to Paul Revere warning about the red coats. <laughs> <laughs> it seems way too easy for Jessica to sneak in and create a report in this morgue. Yeah. Now, granted, I know she breaks the lock and. And um, Maury happens to like leave his password there, but I was like, is it is it that easy? Okay. Well, it's also the fact that this morgue has like um um like ground level uh, windows that are unlocked. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> it seems very easy. Um, yeah. So Jessica then is trying to remember stuff and put it all together, 
and um, this is when uh, she has to. <laughs> Malcolm appears because he's annoyed that she tried to objectify him by sending him to the landlords, <laughs> which we'll talk about <laughs> later. But Jessica <laughs> is very intrigued by the mention of a painting. I don't know how she puts this together. <laughs> I have no clue. I point. don't either. Because I, I was trying to remember if when she met Oscar in the first episode with all mm-hmm. his stuff, you know, when she saw the fridge and the freezer and everything. Did she see any paintings lying around that she thought, oh, Oscar's into painting? I, 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 yeah, this is like Sherlock Holmes deducting. Well, let's put it this way. Nothing that stood out, obviously, to any of us. So, yeah, um, I, I will say stuff that stood out in this episode. I noticed something that is a big reveal very casually on this second watch. And I was like, oh, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. But you wouldn't notice it unless you were looking for it at all. Oh. Yeah, but it's kind of cool that they put those things in there. Um, and I'll, I'll sort of mention that when we get to it later in the season. Um, so Jessica immediately heads to the bathroom and tips all of her really giant tampons down the toilet. <laughs> Is it me or were those tampons really big? No, they, they got big when they hit the water. Those look they like look those giant OV, even those before who... they hit the water. Really? I was like, whoa. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Wow, you you are clearly paying attention to different things. <laughs> you got to pay attention to the size. I of thought tampons. they looked big, but I was like, "What do I know about tampons?" <laughs> You're <laughs> wide. Like, <laughs> tampons are wide. So this is when she oh, oh, goes dear. and sneaks around Oscar's apartment, and Vito is mm. there. What do we think about Vito? Yeah, I find him far yeah, less irritating than Zach in The Punisher. <laughs> He's less irritating, but he's more irritating. You know what I'm saying? He just gets into all kinds of shit. Um, I just okay. So I went back to the first episode and just watched where she, where Oscar was like moving in. I don't even see, like if there are paintings there, they're covered like tarped up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't even know how she would see it. I'm trying to just I'm just gonna keep looking and seeing like if she okay. goes to his place or something because I'm like, you're right. Like how the fuck does she know he's he paints? She hasn't. She hasn't been in his place, has she? Before this, because I mean, once no, she's in his place she, now, no, you of. see painting stuff around. You know, there's yeah, loads of like art stuff. Don't we know? Hold on. Wait, okay. Gonna, is this Go where she, they already know what his um, crime was? They already know what he was. He was in for. She knows he's in for forgery. Right. Um, so she's going to assume he's got a good hand. Well, she knows that the. Is that she the only did thing? A, but to to make a whole portrait like the I one know. that we saw. I know scene. it doesn't. That to me well, is a if, huge leap in logic. Yeah. What if the what if the thing is she knows that he was forging were paintings? <laughs> <laughs> True. Maybe that's a. That's Previously, he was well, in jail for um grand <laughs> uh, yeah, portraits. the Mona Lisa. Or we do see yeah. a painting of this later that is by mm-hmm. a an artist that has a very distinctive style that is supposedly by him. And I was like, no, that's by David Mack. And you'll, you'll see it like in a later season um, because he's got a very distinctive style and did a lot of comic book covers for Jessica Jones. Um, so you'll, you'll probably even recognize some of them, Tammy, from the reading the, um, the first alias graphic novel. Okay. Um, but Vito is excited. She's there and wants to know if she knows Captain America and then shows her his toy. Do you know Captain America? Because in the that first Alias comic, that's a big storyline of her yeah. and Captain America. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is the it, first time they've mentioned one of the Avengers by name. I'm not uh, sure. I, it, definitely in this Thor. season. This um, Maybe, I don't know. 
I, maybe by name, because I remember in um, there was the guy in Daredevil, I think, who was selling like DVDs or Blu-rays of the yeah. incident, and didn't he mention some of their names? I mean, usually they say the big green guy, the flag bearer, or something for Captain America. I was gonna say I don't think I don't know if he mentioned any of their names. Mm. So does Steve Rogers make money in the Marvel universe from all these toys that are being sold? <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not working. How else is he earning money? Uh, Apart from doing those little commercials on the uh, the the TVs in the school, like in Spider Man Homecoming, where he's like, "Hey uh, kids, stay in school, don't do drugs." <laughs> I mean, Steve Rogers is just a sellout. <laughs> It really is. Well, I mean, if we go by the logic of last week's episode, Spider-Man's a sellout because he's there's comics about him in this universe. It's very strange. The more I was thinking about what he said about after that, se- the more my brain was turning into noodles. Yeah, after 70 years, he should be rich if he was getting money off of that. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jessica snoops around and she finds these photos and confronts Oscar and says and guesses that he painted uh, the painting of the the boyfriend and he and forged him a green card, which means he must be really good, and tells him to tear up the eviction. But uh, Oscar calls her bluff, and uh, he says, uh, "Vito is his world. Has she ever had anyone she cares that much about? Could she possibly understand? Or has everyone just left?" And I was like, "Whoa, harsh. That's harsh, Oscar." Yeah. Yeah. yeah and she looks hurt. Uh, so for the second time, I think in these episodes, Jessica is woken up by someone banging on her door. I get so annoyed quickly. If anyone wakes me while I'm sleeping, I'm not happy. Yeah. I'd, yeah. And particularly if I had superpowers, right. I'd have, I'd have, <laughs> I'd have opened that door so hard. Whoever was the other side would have gone flying. Uh, so it's Jerry and, uh, Jerry wants her to get some help with leverage against Chow and Benowitz. And uh, we'll talk more about it when we talk about Jerry later, but we find out what is wrong with Jerry. I love this scene, by the way. Love yeah. it, love it. With the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do as well. Um, and we don't see Jessica for a while after that until she goes to the uh, the the bar, I think, to, uh, or she finds out about uh, Trish talking about Dr. Hansen on the radio and goes to the bar to meet her and obviously tells Trish to, to stay at home and texts TMZ to say that Trish and Griffin are on the out, which was <laughs> amazing. I was amazing. I was like, that's such a, I mean, like she apologizes for it later, but I was like, that is the perfect way to, to get, you know, Trish not to be able to go with her. It was some very quick thinking. I liked it. Uh, so then we go to this bar and Jessica meets Dr. Hansen. Oh, evil or... Lord Metcalf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or, or is she? I will always think of this actress, Janet, Janet McTeer, as um, being from the movie Tideland by Terry Gilliam, where she plays this kind of crazy woman who lives out in the, the, the I don't know, the, the middle of nowhere in America, in like a cornfield, and um, does taxidermy, and at one point uh, does a, makes a taxidermied uh, Jeff Bridges. Because that's what happens in the movie. <laughs> and then, and oh the rest of the movie, there's just a taxidermy Jeff Bridges sitting there. It's very strange. <laughs> that, no, I was thinking that'd be like your worst nightmare, Claire. <laughs> well, it's not Jeff Goldblum. If it was Jeff Goldblum, oh, that would oh, be my sorry, worst Jeff nightmare. Goldblum. I was thinking Goldblum. I was but, having uh, panic oh, attack. I, on no, I, I don't want to think about a taxidermy Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I mean, a Jeff Bridges would be scary enough, but a Jeff Goldblum would be oh. horrifying. 
Hey, Brad, help me out here. What was the comedy that Laurie Metcalf was on? Um, Roseanne. Roseanne? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, she has sister. She was also in Scream 2 uh-huh. as Billy's mother. And she was also <laughs> recently in Lady Bird. Uh-huh. Oh, was she? Oh, cool. I want uh-huh. to see Lady Bird. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's a fine movie. <laughs> um, so Jessica really isn't taking any crap from uh, uh, Dr. Hansen or who we think is Dr. Hansen at this point. Um, and we also find out that Jessica died on the table. Um, she was technically brought back to life. Uh, and this is when Jessica realizes, obviously, this person is has has powers just like her and is possibly the killer that she's been looking for um, mm-hmm. because she can jump really high and climb a building like Spider-Man. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, and that was the end of that episode. Um, should we go to Jessica in the next episode? Sure. Sure. Yes. So in the next one, it's talking about being in summer and really hot and humid. And the first scene is Jessica <laughs> in her anger management class. <laughs> which I love. Oh, I, I love this so scene. much. <laughs> They're all talking about their problems, which are, you know, are problems, obviously, not belittling them. But then when Jessica gets up there and is like, yeah, I've, <laughs> <laughs> my whole family was killed. I was uh, experimented on. I was raped. I was forced to kill someone <laughs> and then explodes the ball. They're just like, uh, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just like even as she's saying all that, everyone else's expressions were like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the guy's like, yeah, I'll totally sign your card now. OK, bye. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's not really the best place for, for her to be. Um, she bumps into Sonia on her way into the building, who we'll find out later is Oscar's uh, estranged wife, and uh, tells Malcolm off for uh, not following her orders in regards to Trish, and then sits and eats what I thought was something called pepperami, which might just be an English thing. Is that in America as well? I think you call them Slim Jims. Oh, Beef jerky. Or beef jerky, jerky, I think. I, yeah. I don't know. And drinks whiskey. We have pepperoni in the UK, which is like a pepperoni gross sausage thing. That's what I thought it was. Uh, and this is yeah, when she realises Dr. Hansen was wearing a wig. That's some good eyes, Jessica. Yeah, yeah. Even if I saw that, I wouldn't have thought, oh, wig. I would have thought, oh, it's a weird thing on the photo. Yeah, because it just looks like it's strangely outlined, but that's it um she can enhance that picture like really close <laughs> yeah <laughs> without it getting uh, pixelated <laughs> yeah without it getting pixelated because it stays very sharp to be mm, able to see yeah. it looks sharper than the original photo when she saw it on the camera it does yeah. <laughs> i was thinking that too yeah. that's the other thing about the marvel universe the tmz photographers have really amazing tech cameras they really do <laughs> it's incredible uh and uh, then uh, Griffin comes to meet Trish and Vito comes to because he wants to see Jessica's room and he's asking her all about the superpowers. And then he's a little idiot and he climbs on the windowsill to test her. But she does manage to save him. This kid, you're stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this kid is. I mean, I didn't mind it before, but this is when I'm like, no, kid, you you deserve to die then. You know, you're you're like also what are these parents teaching their kid where they're like, you know, he thinks it's okay to climb on a windowsill. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, yeah, he's, it's, he can really, really asking for it. Do you think this kid's going to last the entire season? 
Yes, probably. Yes, yeah, so I don't think they're going to kill a kid. They're not going to kill Unfortunately, I agree. <laughs> well, you're actually right. I will confirm that because um, he makes it all the way to the finale when we get that cameo by Captain America, who's like, here, little, little Vito, I bought you a new toy. And it's got a working shield. Stay in school. <laughs> Bye. And I get a cut. I get a cut every one of these. <laughs> Tell your that'll, friends. That'll be it. 70 bucks, please. <laughs> Listen, this is good marketing. I give you the first one for free. Tell your friends about it. <laughs> He's making mad money, Steve Rogers. Oh, Captain America, you're such an asshole. <laughs> well, isn't like the Avengers not being funded by Tony Stark anymore, so... Well, yeah, but they had that Civil War. He's got to make money somehow. Yeah, so in Civil War, it's obviously uh, Steve Rock Will, because now he's probably being funded by um, uh, Black Panther, because Black Panther's got, like, crazy money. But, yeah, this is why, uh, yeah, Civil War, he's got to get all that money. He's got to sell all those toys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So... Uh, Jessica and Trish go to the wig shop to, um, to to find out all about this wig. I love this woman so much. <laughs> Sally, the wig maker. She's such a bitch, wow. and I love her. <laughs> Particularly when she demands more money. Like, they're like, is there anything else? And she's like, hmm. Then she gives no. her another hundred bucks, and then she's like, no, <laughs> that's all. I'm like, yeah, good one, Sally. Um, but we find out that the killer is a woman who lost all of her hair, possibly because of chemo, which is kind of a jump because it could be chemo. It could be like alopecia. It could be anything. Yeah. She um, could just be uh, into a you know, shaved head. <laughs> what were you going to say, Tammy? I was just going to mention, like, uh, I really like Trisha's top this part of the episode. I know. And I really, really want it. I've got a lot of notes oh, in these that I like what Trish is wearing. It's so nice. That's so funny, Tammy, because I was literally just about to say that. I'm, I'm rewatching part of it going, oh, I really do like that outfit. <laughs> we could all wear it, ladies. We could all just buy a dress, Trish. Yeah, yep. little trio, all wearing the same. <laughs> then we can go back to gin bathtub in New York. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes, and crawl into our bathtub and take another pic. Yay. <laughs> Uh, and then Dan can wear the top as well and take a photo of us. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> um, so this is when Trish finds out, obviously, about... Uh, sorry, Jessica finds out about Trish and uh, Trish visiting Max and promises not to use any violence, which she doesn't at first <laughs> when they show Kelly Scott, the new lead actress, the video of Trish threatening mm-hmm. Max, which is probably a good way of doing it because then she immediately quits the movie. Yeah. You know, you need to hit him where it hurts, which is his wallet. Um, but after they after they confront him, after they confront Max, uh, Jessica does give in and uh, punches through the card <laughs> when Max says that he loved only Trish. I'm yeah, actually, right. like, really scared for Jessica of how, like, extremely violent she is. Like, because mm-hmm. she doesn't, she doesn't want to this way like she's got all this anger and she doesn't want to see herself as someone who's bad or violent and yet it's like this is this is how she acts out and it's like she can't control herself and that's that's not good Mm -hmm. that's not good how she can't control herself it's it's more like a kind of I feel like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, except without yeah the Jekyll almost but you know what I mean like it's just always in her waiting to come out 
um, which is kind of odd because that it's not really in the comics. As, no. uh, it's not really an aspect we've seen in the comics, and it's not from season one. Um, it's kind of a different take on her. Um, but yeah, well, you see all the way through this episode, like at the end when we see the uh, the dead guy, Nick, and Jessica's just mm-hmm. saying, "That's not me. That's not me." She yeah. wants to convince herself that that's not what she is as well. Yeah, and through the course of the episode, when they're comparing her to the person we're calling the killer, you know, Laurie Metcalf yeah. or whatever, um, it's like Jessica's wondering if part of the side effect of having had this whatever was done to her done to her causes this relentless anger because that's what they seem to be implying. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the wizard had Which, that as well, didn't he? Yeah, and it's got to be pretty frightening for for Jess. Um, yeah, she plays it really well. After she, I was just looking again after she punches the car, the look on her face. She's always a little bit taken aback all the mm-hmm. way through this. So far, yeah. these four episodes, she keeps getting a bit shocked at her own behavior, more so than we saw. Yeah, in season one, almost like it's getting harder for her to control it or something. Well, also because obviously when she killed Reva. Um, mm-hmm. it, she blames herself for that as well, but she was under the control of Kilgrave. But with right. this aspect, it's kind of like, well, maybe it, you know, you could start having doubts. To blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, Jessica um, speaks to Jerry about an update and um, hasn't really got much info on Chow and Benowitz apart from. Benowitz spent seven hundred dollars on chocolate bars. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Get, get yep, a yep. little, get a little post-it note, guys. Put it in your memory warehouse. Mark that point. Aww. Are we going to talk at all about Jerry later or no? no I can't remember. We can talk about Jerry later. Yeah, I think she okay. needs her own section because we. Okay. It's quite a lot Thank of stuff you. with her. Um, and then Oscar visits and says that Vito told him that Jessica saved his life, and he tears up the eviction and gives her a bottle of Maker's Mark, and she asks yep. him to go in and drink with her. And we like, Angela's like, oh my God, they're going to have sex. Ah!" (laughs) But no, Uh, (laughs) they just have a drink and he says forgery is his superpower. Um, And Jessica is really smiley throughout this entire scene. It's kind of weird to. I know. It's Mm -hmm. like, we we don't ever see her smiling. I don't even think she smiled with Luke, did she? It's like kind of odd. I don't remember. It's just the way it ends up, though. Um, when he rebuffs her advances, so to speak. Uh, and she's, how can I put it? She's sort of taken aback because he's pointing out to her, this is not how people normally behave. You know, you don't hate me one minute and you're ready to have sex mm-hmm. the next. And it's like it makes her take stock a little bit. You know, she mm-hmm. just keeps getting people. People keep holding a mirror up to her and saying, yeah, this is this is not normal stuff. And just another layer, you know, of... Uh, how she has been affected by what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Do you think this means then that Oscar is a is a nice guy? Um, I mean, I definitely I think it it uh, lends itself to him being killed, like everyone said. <laughs> <laughs> like, Too decent. Yeah, there's going to be a much, scene in yeah. the uh, in the next episode where he's walking along. And he's like, "Oh man, I love being alive. <laughs> Isn't life great?" <laughs> Bang. Oh, no, and then 700 chocolate bars fall on him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I told you to put that in your memory warehouse for a reason. (laughs) Uh, No, he's been burned by crazy women in the past, and he's not not too quick to jump into bed. Maybe it's as simple as that. Yeah, because Sonia seems like crazy. Yeah, Yeah, a bit of a piece of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't Um, think that's a lesson you learned. You don't think what? (laughs) I don't think that's a lesson you learned. 
<laughs> oh, you think it's impossible to learn that one, huh? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm gonna go with. Here. <laughs> Uh, so Jessica finds out that um, that Max has come through and he's uh, given them the info, and then Malcolm comes in and tells Jessica that uh, uh, that Price has offered him a job, um, and he demands twenty five percent from Jessica of all the clients that come through, but they settle at twenty percent, and he seems really happy. Oh, uh, can I just I say that smiles. I'm. I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of Malcolm because I was getting a little fed up with how Jessica was treating him, to be honest, because I really adore Malcolm. And I know he's being a little puppy and he's trying to learn, but she was she just keeps being so flippant with him. And I thought, good, I'm glad you finally took a stand. So, yay, yay, Malcolm. You mean he's like a little Boston Terrier puppy, which is totally the dog that you would be. A little bit, but not nearly as annoying (laughs) as the person to whom you are referring. (laughs) Malcolm's not annoying at all. Oh, he's lovely. Um, so then they, uh, uh, Jessica and Trish discuss the info that's provided by Max and they find out that there are three patients who had their bills paid for by IGH, Jessica, the wizard and someone named Inez Green. Um, but it mm-hmm. says no mention of cancer. Well, there's no photo, uh, but six misdemeanor citations for vagrancy and panhandling. Um, uh, I like that Jessica relates to her not wanting to have a landlord or a boss. <laughs> I was like, yep. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Trish brings in the bag of guns uh, that Simpson left, plus a giant, I don't know anything about guns, guys, but that giant Uzi or whatever it was, I don't know what it was, um, and a modified taser that he left behind, and then they test it to see if it will take down the killer, and uh, Jessica gets Trish to tase her, which does indeed knock her out. I thought that was hilarious. It was great. And I love that she's just like, I'm not going to tase you. She's like, tase me. She's like, all right. It was great. So at this point, were you thinking like this Inez was going to be the killer? Because obviously we've had one fake out about uh, uh, Dr. Hansen. This is a new lead, or was it sort of well, a bit yeah, too early no, no. four yeah, episodes I think, in? I think they, well, they were trying to get us to think that it would be Laurie Metcalf, right? Mm-hmm. But, so yes, I was thinking that because I was suckered by their, <laughs> their boy. <laughs> I'll admit it. Fine. If none of the rest of you will, I'll admit it. <laughs> I will I'll say... This oh, is the, the episode. Where, <laughs> yeah. This is the episode where I guessed jokingly uh, a massive part of the season, completely jokingly as a ridiculous thing that turned out to be correct. <laughs> it was this episode, oh, I think, or episode three. I think it was episode four. Um, so Trish and Jessica wander around the homeless area looking for Ines, and they get some help from a helpful dude who says that he calls her mean as mean instead of in as green. And she's blonde, not a brunette. So they think, well, maybe it is her and she could have more than one wig. And um, when they enter the house or the bank, sorry, um, Jessica realizes that Inez is indeed not the killer just before Trish tases her. So, yeah, Trish, Trish takes the, the hit off of the, the crazy inhaler. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep, and um, she can see in the dark, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Why? What do you think of that's, that? That's not a great idea. Um, for it, for an ex ex uh, addict, probably not. Because <laughs> for what an ex addict who saying, has like... uh, has it, you know, um, <laughs> in a, an inferiority complex of not being superpowered to take a hit off an inhaler that's potentially addictive that gives her powers, probably not a good idea. 
So you're implying, Brad, that people shouldn't borrow other people's medicine? Is that is that what you're trying you to know, say? That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like she's already got the best superpower. She's rich, okay? Yep. She's doing okay. Hey, yep. she's rich and she's hot. Come on. Rich Taylor yeah. is super hot. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that is a good superpower. Uh, it's better than Griffin's superpower, which we'll I'll talk about in a minute because I've noticed a pattern with him that I, that once you see it, you can never unsee it. Uh, so when uh, Inez wakes up, she kind of freaks out as soon as she sees the photo of uh, uh, Laurie Metcalf, as we'll call her. Um, mm-hmm. And we get some backstory to her, which is that uh, Inez shows off some gigantic scars that the killer gave her. Um, and we find out that it was actually Inez that was the nurse and the patient was the killer. So Inez mm-hmm. was not the patient. Um, they were putting the patient to bed and she threw Inez 10 feet across the room into a glass cabinet and broke her back. And then she killed Luann, the other nurse, by twisting her head completely around. Oh. And IGH paid for Inez's treatment. And then obviously we don't know what happened to her after that to make her homeless, I guess. Um, but yeah, were you surprised by that? Because I'll, I'll tell you in a minute who I really thought, what I thought was going on here and I was wrong. But was any of this like kind of surprising to you or did you kind of figure that she might have been one of the IG8 patients instead? Uh, well, I'll speak up. I was assuming she was another patient, not that she was yeah. going to be one of the nurses. So I liked that twist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows you how far back Laurie Metcalf's craziness, <laughs> uh, you know, extended even from when she was a child, apparently, mm-hmm. which is just an interesting little tidbit to know. So. Oh, so that she was in the hospital as a child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm assuming they mean in the same quote unquote hospital Jess was in. That's when that's kind of what I was picturing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I can't but, say anything. <laughs> no, that's, that's so what I assume. She was in, she was in another, you know, experiment or whatever. I also want to say I was really um, having to really keep my mouth shut last week when you guys were talking about the killer, about who it could be. And you were all saying, well, when he appears and we find out who he is and he this and he that. And I was like, don't say anything to Tammy and Will. Um, well, even when I when I keep seeing this lady, I'm like, I don't know. Cause, I mean, obviously it's her, but. Uh, we keep seeing in Jessica's flashbacks like a mm-hmm. Deadpool-esque meat man, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that to me is still the killer. <laughs> <Even though it's, laughs> like, that's who it's gonna be. Like, I, I know it's this lady, but she already has the persona of the meat-faced looking guy, and that's well, it. Listen, Sally... we're all meat-faced people, Tammy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are as meat. Maybe well, Sally, Sally the wig lady said that um, her biggest customers were cancer victims and... Um, and drag queens. What if, um, you know, uh, um, the killer, uh, Laurie Metcalf, is actually a man who is wearing a lady's wig and is a drag queen? Drag, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What a twist. Face, drag queen. <laughs> um, I've seen crates here. I mean, you know, <laughs> <not a big laughs> deal. <laughs> and in the last scene with Jessica, um, they arrive at Jessica's office to see uh, the crime scene of when the, uh, the killer has, uh, has killed this guy. Um, we'll talk about a bit about the killer in a sec. And um, Malcolm tells Jessica to leave because the police think that she did it. Uh, so Jessica tells Malcolm to keep Inez safe while both she and Trish are arrested by Costa and Sunday. And uh, Jessica is arrested for the murder of Nick Spano. And Jessica says, that's not me. Uh, and that was 
the end of Jessica. You, got, you guys got any more notes on Jessica? I know Jessica ran really long because there's a lot of stuff with her in these episodes. Wasn't there a flashback at some point where she remembers being with Luke? Like a brief oh, flash. Oh, I wish. I don't think so. I thought so. I thought she was with a bald black guy. <laughs> it was behind her. I thought Will, this was, was, it it was you? really quick. Was it you, Will? It this was me. Wish, <laughs> it's wish fulfillment. This is this is in your yeah in your dream. <laughs> well, when the uh, when the guy was hypnotizing her and he was telling her to go to a safe place, I wrote in my uh, my notes, "Go to Luke's arms, Jessica. Go to Luke's arms." <laughs> <laughs> Plus that guy's hypnosis sucked. He was yeah. being way, way too way too fast with that. I was thinking if I were lying there trying to relax, I'd be thinking, stop nattering at me. I haven't even gotten through the first image yet. I haven't exactly. even found my safe place before you're asking me to find my damn door. Like shut <laughs> up already. And then he's like, and then go through the door. Find your memories. <laughs> go on. Yeah, one of my safe place has no doors, and that's what makes it safe. It's nice and open yeah. and free. Yeah, like, like a beach. There's no doors yeah. on a beach. Unless well, would like... you take a photo of at the beach, Tammy? It's such ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to take a photo of there. Take a, go to a place with a door. Why else would you visit beach, Tammy, apart from to see the doors? Yeah. Just You're saying. right. Um, let's talk about Jerry next, because... Um, well, actually, let's talk about the killer next, because we sort of touched upon her. So we find out a little bit about her when her and Jessica are sitting in the bar. Um when she, uh, I mean, she obviously she's going by the name of Dr. Hansen, but we know it's not Dr. Hansen because Trish finds out that the skull is actually Dr. Hansen, so we don't know who right. this person is. Um, and we see that she is quite strong, which we knew before, because she lifts up this table and sort of pins Jessica against the wall and manages to throw her um, kind of a, across the bar. What, what do you guys think? And then later on, she tears that guy apart in the van. Yeah, yeah so that was gross. so gross when you could... Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, like, what, what are your so thoughts on her? With, with, if she had met with Trish, what was she going to tell her? Was she going to tell her anything, or was she going to kill her? Or was she just going to try and, like, lie to her to throw her off the track? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like, disinformation. Yeah. She seemed really adamant. Like, she got angry with Jessica because Jessica was ungrateful for having been saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I was trying to decide psychologically how to interpret that. Like at first, I thought, well, maybe because she was one of the doctors, like maybe not this Doctor Metcalf. I'm sorry, you call her Metcalf. <laughs> Whatever. She was Doctor Hansen. But then I thought, well, okay, so maybe it's because she was an experiment herself, and and so she feels like everybody should perceive it from her perspective. But it's anyway. I just it doesn't quite make sense to me why she's taking it so personally almost that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that Jessica's not grateful unless she was somehow one of the instigators of it. Did it yeah. make sense? Yeah. She also says as so part of it that the... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. Go on. Well, I was say, you're an instigator, but you've also had the experiment on you, which just strikes me as really, really odd. So yeah. I, it's it's very... It's a bit of a puzzle, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> it is a puzzle. It's a conundrum. Um, she also says that the superpowers weren't the aim of the experiments themselves they were a byproduct of um of of treating people saving people's lives and they were a byproduct of when um the treatments uh reacted to certain um dna so it's kind of like it reminded me of like the inhumans thing in um uh, agents of shield you know um that certain people when they get exposed to something their their powers you know, come out that was sort of buried inside them. Um, so, so, uh, would that mean that 
um, her DNA and Jessica's DNA are, are close enough that they have very similar Well, uh, I don't know, because we've not seen Jessica climbing up a building like a spider person. Um, no, but we did see her leap really far, especially um, in the Defenders. Mm, true, yeah. Well, we don't know, because the only other example I mean, the, we have the is the wizard. Um, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a far... Sh- these two are much more similar than our fear-based running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the problem is, though, because yeah. we don't have anyone else to compare it to, so, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know. Because Jessica <laughs> can also run really, you know, it's pretty fast as well. Um, but, yeah, we don't... I don't... Well, it's sort of... Okay, it could be believable if you, you think about how... Um, like a medication works, and then it depends on, say, your particular brand of liver enzyme, whether or not you get a side effect from it. So, you know, maybe these people carry the same genetic tendency in terms of how they break down a drug they were given and blah, blah, blah. That's the side effect. So I could believe that it could happen to, you know, to sure. more than one person. Sure. Yeah. I would just love if, the, if there were exact two and only two reactions. <laughs> fear based running are uh, super strength, super leaping. <laughs> There's just loads of fear-based running people running around yeah. all over the place. But it's only these; these are the two only outcomes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like it. Um, absolutely. Well, also, I mean, Oscar says he has a superpower, which is being a really good forger. So that could be the third one. <laughs> <laughs> the third option. You're really good at forging stuff. Um, oh, and Griffin talked about his scroty sense. So there you go. There's a fourth one. <laughs> oh, that was just bizarre. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. This uh, uh, when I was watching this episode, there had been rumors for a long time before this season uh, was released that one of the characters in this season would be um, Typhoid Mary, who is a Daredevil villain. Who I am a big fan of that character. And Typhoid Mary in the comics has long, wavy red hair. And yeah. as soon as we saw this Doctor. Or this week, I was like, oh, Typhoid Mary. So I spent the entire entirety of this episode thinking it was Typhoid Mary. And I was convinced that Inez later, like, which I don't know why Jessica didn't do this. Jessica would say, hey, what was the patient's name? Because, you know, that might be helpful. And she would say, oh, it was Mary Walker. And I would fall off my chair with excitement. Um But no, I will tell you. Says, no. what, what, what? Go ahead. No, go what? ahead. I was going to say as well, when we um, and we covered this in a previous episode, there was a casting sheet put out for Jessica Jones season two casting. And one of the characters was called Ingrid. And they always give fake names for when they're casting characters. But it usually has the same first initial as the character it ends up being. And the description of Ingrid uh, fitted. It was like a, a girl who lives on the streets, who's very street smart. Um, it fits Inez. And a lot of people at the time were questioning whether Inez or Ingrid, sorry, was actually Typhoid Mary because it also fit her. So I was just hoping to see Typhoid Mary all over the place in this show. <laughs> so that's what I was, my brain was at watching episode four when uh, Rebecca and I watched it. Um, any other thoughts on the killer? Well, the, your bit of what you said before about how Jessica's flashbacks keep having the meat faced thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, uh, Maybe I'm thinking too literally, but <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, so maybe there's more than one kind of freak that was in that place. Like, I, I still find that a puzzle. I'm not completely convinced that that's that they are one and the same. That's all. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's more for us to know. know. 
she might not just be wearing a wig, but she also has a fake face. <laughs> and that's not right. <laughs> she's, it's a straight up skin suit. It sounded very X-Files, you know. That's she's a skinwalker. <laughs> she just peels. It's one of those skin suits, like out of Cocoon. She peels herself out of it. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> or didn't they have those in Doctor Who as well, in like Christopher Eccleston season, where there's those big green aliens that have like human yes. skin suits? Yes, you're right. Yes. <laughs> oh. oh, they have those in Agents of Shield. Oh, um, do they? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Nice. And in Men in Black, doesn't Men in Black do that too? Oh yeah, because you got Vincent D'Onofrio as the Bugman. <laughs> See, yeah. so that's the explanation. <laughs> she is way too weak. So yeah. inside, inside yeah. she she's, is a meat-faced, meat-faced man. Yeah. Makes okay. perfect sense to me. I she's got she's it. Deadpool Thanks. in drag. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. Which is not a stretch, really. Yeah. Yeah. The Deadpool would be up for anything. Uh, Let's talk about Malcolm quickly, because I think, I mean, Moira, you said you were proud of Malcolm. Did you? Or did Tammy? I can't remember. I did. Um, But were you proud of him when he has another one night stand and forgets her name the next morning? (laughs) I was about to say, with the swiping and the pictures and the whatever, that is just like, oh, Malcolm. I guess it's, you know, it's his version of Jessica's behavior, but uh, no, not particularly. And then he couldn't remember her name. That was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And for the briefest of brief seconds, I thought it was Misty Knight because it was just like (laughs) like woman with a giant afro. And I was like, (gasps) and then I was like, no, of course it's not. (laughs) Don't be stupid. (laughs) I just but can want, I just you know, say that, that in general, Malcolm's appearance this season is really very yummy. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. So, <laughs> oh yeah. I can understand why all the women are swiping right for him or whatever. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we get like another little scene of Malcolm sort of on his own when uh, Price appears and talks to Malcolm about a potential job, and. Um, <laughs> And that's when, because uh, he also comes to taunt Malcolm about the fact that it's all over the press that Malcolm and Trisha are an item. And he quotes Malcolm's father at him. Um, so we obviously, uh, he says from your father's latest article, which I can't remember how much we knew of Malcolm's dad in season one, but I get by that that he's a author or a journalist, maybe. Journalist, maybe. Yeah, writer, academic, author, could be any of those things. Mm-hmm. For some reason I was thinking academic, I don't know why, but. Mm. Yeah, I don't think we ever had any info on it. Uh, mm. Right, let's talk about Jerry because it sounds like you guys have stuff to talk about with Jerry. We find out what her illness is, which is not cancer, Tammy. Even though last week I you know. said it's definitely cancer. <laughs> nope. <laughs> there was there was no nosebleed, so come on. Yeah, it can't be cancer if there's <laughs> no nosebleed. Right yeah. Now. now we know that yeah. if anyone has like like mild cramps uh, on in their body, it's ALS. Oh yep. my god, it's so ridiculous. So <laughs> go Moira, go. Oh, um, yeah. So I actually read a study. This is amusing. <laughs> so on ALS that looked at uh, physicians and medical students who have fasciculations when your muscle, twi- you know, when your eye twitches and you don't actually control it, you know, that twitchy thing that you get yep. by your eyelid. Okay, when you're, so when you're winking at a, a hot person from past, yeah. <laughs> when you're, uh, yeah, you're not meaning to. When you're really tired, right? Yeah. So you can get twitches like that, in, especially in your lower legs, that just come out of the blue, and most of us would just ignore them. But uh, they did a study, and apparently uh, 
there's there's a whole weird thing where doctors and medical students get this in their lower limbs and freak out about it because it is one of the symptoms that can be early ALS and they all go and get investigated and and then they're found not to have it most of the time. Um, so the fact they mentioned, you know, cr- well, they said cramps, but it's more twitching. To be fair, yes, that is an early symptom of ALS, but it was more, I was thinking, most people would have just ignored it, except weirdo doctors and medical students who know enough to worry about it. That's my point. Okay. So I did. I just thought it was a bit do silly. You, do you think that. that's something that's kind of happened more since it, it's become more um, more of a talking point since, like, the Ice Bucket Challenge? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I... I guess what I'm saying is when patients present with this, that's my point. They don't come at that earliest stage. They come when they're starting to have, you know, weakness or slurred speech or swallowing difficulties. They tend to present a little further along. That's Mm -hmm. all. It's only the weirdo doctors who who are already worrying about it when it's only one symptom. Um, But but all that aside, Jerry is also a really bright woman. So whatever, maybe I should give her more credit. It's just more that it struck me, man, if they had to give her an illness, they just picked one of like on my list, my secret doctor list of diseases (laughs) I don't get. That one is way up there. Yeah, there's nothing nice about it. It's different to like her having cancer or something like that, which would be like the typical choice. So I appreciate that. Um, because the the main difference being there is currently no known treatment for ALS, and Stephen Hawking's is like an odd anomaly. Oh yeah, live. yeah. Like, he was given like even, two I, years, I think, when he was yeah, diagnosed. Yeah, like I don't even now. I still don't really understand completely uh, how he managed to survive that long. I think, well, I guess because you made the choice of being willing to be on a respirator all the time, etc. Which he he was a cyborg. Yeah, a bit. And and in my experience, most people with this illness, that's not the choice that they would mm-hmm. make. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a just a devastating, devastating choice that they gave her. Yeah. Uh, to me, so far in the four episodes, her story has been the most compelling. Mm-hmm. Which and is I, interesting because a lot of people seen. have said that they hate her storyline. I really? love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it too. I love mm-hmm. it because it shows the human side of her. Finally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I was tired of her being such a, speaking about a cyborg, I was tired of Jerry just always being all business. And even the way she treated her wife in season one, you know, mm-hmm. all of that stuff did not endear her to me at all. No, but this, this makes me feel an actual connection with her. And it made her so one dimensional and kind of like, she's the, you know, the twirly mustache evil person, you know, and yes. but but not never quite the villain. Mm-hmm. And right. this makes her like a real person, a a fully developed character. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. I really Me really too. like it. And, and I even love the scene when she comes to Jess's. Um, yeah, let's talk about that scene. I, w- I want to mention That's something amazing. to do with her later um, as well. Um, but yeah, talk about that scene because Tammy, you mentioned how much you like that scene as well. Yeah, Tammy, um, first. Yeah, I just... I met you as well, Moira, sorry. <laughs> I know, but... <laughs> uh, her being and allowing herself to be so vulnerable to even tell Jessica what's, you know, going on and uh, ask for her help like that, and for Jessica to, as much as she hates Jerry, to, like, go ahead and agree to help her. Like, mm-hmm. there's just this human, really, really human connection between these two characters 
that it's hard to see as human. Mm-hmm. And I think because Jerry humbles herself, which is yeah. not an easy thing for her to do. As she says, she's always been in control. That's what she's striven to be, right? To to That's keep herself yeah. to keep herself safe, to not be ever hurt by anybody. And so you're right, it's both sides. It's the fact that she humbles herself and lets herself be vulnerable. And then Jessica, who normally wants to just shut everybody down and not have a relationship except with Trish, she lets a crack of light in and decides yeah. to you know, to see this person as a person. It's mm-hmm. it's growth for both of them. That's why I loved it so much. Yeah. So good. And even Price mm-hmm. notices People the difference wrong, in her immediately. People yeah. are wrong. That's right. We have spoken. People are wrong. <laughs> Did you hear that, all you people out there? You're all wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's not the first or the last time I'll say that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm- I mean, people seem to be wrong, like, way too often these days. Yeah. Like, people need to get it together. Yeah. <laughs> people, get your shit like, what's wrong with you people? God. Yeah. I like as well that later on when she's on the phone to Jessica, she actually says thank you. Yes. Which yes. I don't think she's ever said to anyone before. No. Um, and, I mean, like I, I mentioned a minute ago, even Price immediately notices that something's off with right. her. Right. In that scene with Price, the only person who looks like an asshole in that scene is Price. Because when he says, yeah, I hope you figure out what's wrong with you, I'm thinking to myself, no, Price, no, there's nothing wrong with Jerry. What's wrong I, in this room is you, okay? Mm-hmm. I you're, Price you're the, like, you're die asshole. off already. Like, uh, I said that last episode, uh, I'm saying it. This one, God, I hate him. Yeah. Me too. I, I just want him gone. I don't care about him. I want him to disappear. Yeah. He's just, he's big stupid. Yeah, I agree. He's been here too long already. <laughs> And he's still plotting to take down Jessica. I mean, he is the mustache-twirling villain in this season so far, exactly. isn't he? Like, there's just... He yep. is not a real human either. Like, no. he's no. such a, like, one-note character, and it's, yep. it's a, a very annoying note. He's the Bakudo. He's the Bakudo of this show. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Mm. At yes. least Bakudo would smile, so it was funny. But this guy... <laughs> yeah. um, one oh, last... Um, oh, God, what about... Sorry. Um, what about the uh, when Foggy <laughs> Oh, that's what I was going to mention. Oh, oh, my God. I cheered when Foggy <laughs> appeared, <laughs> but poor Foggy. He's just being shat on by everyone, and I'm like... And I bet he's thinking now, it's like... hilarious. Because, like, she says to him, she's like, you know, just because we sat together doesn't mean we're friends and blah, 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 and all this, and he's probably thinking... I wish I was still at Nelson and Murdoch with Matt and Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was so great to see Foggy in this this season, because I really hope we would, because obviously he went to work for Jerry, um, you know, in uh, in the end of Daredevil season two. Um, I'm hoping we see an appearance of Marcy. I won't say if we are or not. Yeah, I so. just imagine him going home and she's like, what's wrong, Foggy Bear? And he's like, oh, Jerry was mean to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what do you think about Jerry's storyline? I actually agree that I really am digging her storyline. That scene last week, where I know a lot of people say it seemed like she was a totally different show, but that was the one yeah. that I was interested the most, probably. I, I yeah. actually agree as well. I I really um, find Jerry's storyline really interesting um, all the way through this season. I won't go into any spoilers. Um, 
<clears throat> she dies. No. <laughs> it doesn't kill you that fast. We're talking about her, her dying. Like later on, she is talking to the doctor about um, oh, yeah. euthanasia oh, and like was, buying pentobarbital from like some dodgy Russian weird, website. That was a weird conversation because at first I didn't know, I didn't quite know where she was going. Like the way she said it to the doctor, at first it was a little opaque to me what she was yeah. referring to, and then it becomes clear. And then I'm thinking, yes, that's right. You can go to Switzerland and get this done because they have, you know, yeah. tourism well, the thing, there. But, wow. Yeah, because well, the thing is, like, the first thing is, like, is um, what about other measures? And the thing is, we're in Marvel Universe where, like, other measures could be, like, warlock magics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking she was going to say, like, stem cell therapy. You know, I thought she was going to talk about crazy notion yeah. ideas, not, not, not well, medicine. Yeah. I'm going to go magic see my boss. other doctor. Doctor Strange is my new job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go well, visit I, Dr. Reed Richards. <laughs> I could yeah. do a consultation with Dr. Strange or with the hand ninjas. <laughs> but, and I have to say, you know, the doctor and me also had a lot of empathy for the physician in that yeah. room because I thought, yeah. wow, you're being so unfair right now, Jerry. Like, I know you have this terrible diagnosis, but... Your doctor is not actually doing anything wrong in that in yeah. that case. Like, come on. Yeah, and and, and if there was nowhere for neither of those to be. Like, Jerry no. could not have been any nicer because she's just mentally not exactly. Nice. Yeah, she yeah. Could, she's in a bad place. And the doctor couldn't do anything about it. And I thought she did. She did what she could. She stayed calm. It wasn't like she went off on Jerry. I think she oh, yeah. was very like, you know, she felt for her and just let her be mad. Because there wasn't anything so, you could do. So as a little aside, because um, I know, I think it's a couple of the states do have medically assisted death. Is that right? I Are think Oregon does. Yeah. Right. So so it's legal in Canada now and has been for, I think, since 2016, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, it became law. But it's interesting. There's uh, a, a little proviso in the legislature that actually says uh, it's to prevent um, medical tourism. There's a proviso that says um, you have to be like a Canadian citizen. You have to, like in Ontario, it says you know you have to have an Ontario health court card in order to get medically assisted death. Mm-hmm. Well, so. Oregon, I I think because I think you're right. I think it's Oregon, and I, um, and you have to have been a uh, resident of that state for so long yeah. as well. And then I think that's why they put that in. It's funny. I was at a conference yeah. this week and it came up. They were saying that's actually why there's that clause. I'm like, oh, yeah, duh, right. Otherwise, you'd have everybody, you know, <laughs> jumping a plane to wherever to, yeah, to be treated. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Anyway, it made me think if I were that physician, I'm, I'm all, well, I'm going to tell you what side I stand. I, I do think it's a good thing to have medically assisted suicide or death as an option. It's called made here. Yeah. Anyway, because when you're in that position and your patient is facing something like that, and especially this is the exact personality of the person who looks for it. It's the person who's very intelligent and controlling, and that's who wants to have a say in how she ends. Um, it, it's, for me, it's good to be able to, you know, discuss that now. It's nice to have that option. Yeah. So. Definitely. Yeah, um, what a hard, hard discussion. I just, I, it's just like I feel bad for, for everybody in this situation. It's just like, I mean, this doctor ha- can't do anything. No, and Jerry has no one to turn to. Yeah, she's, no, like she's estranged from everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, she uh, even says, like, like she says to Foggy, she's going to be the first. You know, he says nobody goes through something like this alone. She was like, let me be the first one to try. 
that's horrible. And we also yeah. have that scene where she sees the woman on the crutches outside. Oh, yeah. Who falls, and Jerry just kind of stands and looks at her. And I love, I love that because the people, the passers-by on the street that are helping the woman are looking at Jerry like she's a monster for not helping, but they have no yeah. idea that why. They don't, you know, how could they? Mm-hmm. You know, she's frozen because she's horrified looking at her future, obviously, right? It's just oh, yeah. it's so future telling. Past or future, yes, oh, it's so well done. Whatever it is. Yeah, it's really also, good. Also, you judgy people. Like, <laughs> you're helping, but like, calm it down with everybody else. <laughs> yeah. This, also, this old lady can't have 20 people helping her stand up. There were two or three people helping her. I think yeah. that's fine. Like, <laughs> plenty. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Uh, right, let's talk about Trish. So, we've got quite a bit going on with Trish. I actually find Trish's storyline really interesting as well. Um, I don't, again, I don't want to go into too many spoilers, um, but we sort of get the start of some of the stuff I... Liar, you would like to. I would. No, I would like to, but I can't. Because the, the the shield agents post outside my 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 room would would shoot me with their sniper guns they have on me right now, um, but sort of right from the start we get a lot of the same things coming up with Trish about you know she wants to feel safe so that's why she keeps these uh, these weapons you know that Simpson left and um, because she wants to feel safe and I I know we have a line I'm skipping forward a bit that uh, I thought Brad would like which is when Trish says I like guns. Yeah. I was like, Trish, it's it's very alien to me. I didn't know what you guys thought of that. I mean, as I've said before, yeah, like, the whole thing of... with guns is very strange to me because we just don't have that kind of culture over here. Yeah. Nor, nor here. <laughs> um, well, I guess you guys just don't like dead people as much as we do. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be it. Plus, did anybody else... Okay, you know when she has the giant whatever it was, AK-47 or something, that giant assault weapon thing? Yeah. And she's kind of almost posing with it? Yeah. That bugged me. It bugged me because it looked like an ad for yep. Sexy Gun Girl. It just bugged me. <laughs> was it just me? No. No, it, it bugged yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. I feel better now. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Like her obsession with being safe, like it's it's almost they haven't done a good job of fleshing it out for her, for me at least. Mm-hmm. Like she has taken all these self defense courses. We can see like when she actually is in a physical fight, she can handle herself pretty well for not having you know superhuman strength or whatever. She's yeah. very intelligent in other ways and can figure things out. Mm-hmm. And for her them to like kind of make it like, she, oh, she needs a gun to feel safe. I call bullshit on that. Like that's yeah. that doesn't make any sense for the character that they've built. If she were some timid person who didn't like actually know how to handle herself, and we see people taking care of her and her being okay with being taken like care Karen, of, like Karen, and, and like a Karen, <laughs> exactly. But seriously, like like yeah. that kind of character, her having a gun was, makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would make more sense to me. Mm-hmm. But this, it makes no sense to me mm-hmm. how obsessed they make her character with yeah. God. Well, because it's like she's gotten over most of like her things from her past. Yeah. Like, like she's gotten over, like, like for the most part, like, her crazy mother stuff. And, like, yeah. this, like, creepo director. Like, so it seems like she's at the point where she's past her issues, but then she's still got this, like, weird gun thing going on. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking take that your comparing nose herself. To that this I mean, weird geez, thing of, like, comparing herself to Jessica as well. Like, constantly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I am, I, am, am I saying that, that all people that are, like, real crazy about guns 
have like some mental problem with them? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're fucked up. Brad, uh-huh. tell us how you really think. Come on. Don't mention your words. You're a monster. Have they, have they ever explained to us really the the uh, like the ideology of her you know her fear like the steel reinforced door and all that stuff it, was that all just put in when Kilgrave was on the loose or is that a Trish thing from before do we know um I can't remember I, if they definitely address it in the first season but I feel like it's she's someone who's been constantly taken advantage of and obviously we find out now um that's not just you know she feels like her mother sold sold her out and we now know that she's yeah. been taken advantage of sexually as well. Um, so I guess it came from that. I can't remember if there was any mention in season yeah, because, one. Well, because I, I thought like in season one, when Will was like crazy Will the first mm-hmm. time, when he was like just cop coming to visit her, um, and then he came to like kill her, but she didn't know. Like she had already like the camera installed. Oh, yeah, yeah, door, yeah. She had and, all of that. And I feel like she already had a lot of protective measures. Yeah. Yeah, she was taking self-defense classes, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so I, I, and I, so I don't think it was necessarily Kilgrave. I think she just was already doing that yeah. stuff. Which, again, brings me to, like, she's someone who's always tried to take care of herself. I, it just makes no sense. It's, yeah. And it's just, and I agree, like, that imagery they had of oh, her, her holding that it. gun was, like, so dumb. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they've got, like, they've had, like, two or three different ideas for this character, and they just haven't really solidified what they're doing because also th- that that scene from like what was the the f- I guess the first episode where where she does the birthday party for those mm-hmm. weirdos yeah um, like that was that just seems like I I mean I know why she was doing it but it still seems like that should be such an extreme issue for her if she's going to have any sort of issues if she's at the point in her life where she, she can do that. Then I feel like I, oh, I, I don't what know what, mm-hmm. what else she's got. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't say anything. <laughs> huh. But yeah, I yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, and it's funny because because um, you keep alluding Claire to her comparing herself to Jessica. So mm-hmm. so here she she dives into. Um, Will's handbag of goodies, including the little ventilator slash superpower inhaler thing. And and then, you know, my worry would be, okay, she's just gonna reach for that every time every time she feels threatened in any way. Like this is a little terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see where that goes. I hope Guys. there's more resolution to it, one way or another. What if she's just in a skin suit? <laughs> <laughs> what if she's been the meat monster all along? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, right, right, wait, I'm oh. stopping. Okay, I'm gonna tell you guys all the spoilers because you've guessed it, Brad. Congratulations. <laughs> Real Trish died 15 years ago this very day. Oh, that's right. And Jessica's been trusting herself to the meat monster this, this whole time. Oh my god. And at the end of the season, Jessica's gonna rip Trish's face off like a Scooby Doo mask. And she's gonna be like, it was me all along, the meat monster. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I like it, guys. I like it. <laughs> uh, it's in, a wrap. In the next scene with Trish in this episode, which is with her and Griffin, uh, this is where I noticed something troubling about Griffin. Like, last last episode, we had him talking about his scroty sense, and he mentioned his penis at least once. <laughs> in these two episodes, he mentions his penis three times. He's just talking about everything. Like, because in this scene, well, he's not talking about his penis, but he says karma sucks the biggest dick. And then later on, he says something else about dick. And then he says something else about dick. And I'm like, 
what what is with all these writers writing Griffin's obsession with talking about about genitals? Like, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but like, it, it just really stood out to me that he's just constantly referencing genitals. It's so weird. A lot of my notes about I didn't notice him. I mean, I do have the note where you know Trish talks about okra being a euphemism for oh, sex. Yeah. <laughs> um, Would you prefer okra or coffee? So if you're going to have okra tam, it means sex with, uh, with Griffin, yes. or you could have coffee with Luke no, Cage. I coffee every day. <laughs> I don't even like okra. So, yeah, <laughs> okra. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Brad, I don't like okra either. I I'd don't say believe, coffee. I don't believe it. Um, I don't believe that people do. Uh, okay. The only notes I have on Griffin is he's an asshole. What's up with this asshole? This guy's an asshole. <laughs> That's pretty much all I know about him. <laughs> I hate him. I uh, yeah. him and Price go somewhere. Wyndham Price yeah, to another show that I'm not watching. <laughs> Don't you dare compare him to Wesley. Oh <laughs> no, no, isn't that isn't? Oh, oh you Price in the show. Shame. You don't yeah, mean Wesley Wyndham Price? Yeah. No, no, his okay. name's Price uh, in the show. Different universe. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. God. So who's so someone named Price on this goddamn show? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think who's he? Who's he on the phone with, talking about uh, Trish mm-hmm. lying in her bed, post sex? Mm-hmm. He says she knows I, nothing. I was thinking mm-hmm. it's something to do with. Uh, I think he's stealing Trish. Well, he keeps asking about not, his story. Yeah. Because yeah. when um, well, later in the episode when that guy was breaking into Jessica's place, I thought that maybe he was working with uh, Griffin, but it turns out he wasn't. He's working with Tammy's other favorite character. Yeah. yeah. He's he's talking he's talking to the ringmaster, who's the one that hypnotized the meat monster into believing it was Trish. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go with that for now, because we don't have a lot of other evidence. Yeah. <laughs> um so with uh, and also Griffin is being all sad sat going, Oh, it's it, I'm just like my ex girlfriend. I'm the worried girlfriend sitting at home. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's Biggest dick, yeah. I noticed that too, and I thought it was odd because it reminded me of the, you know, ball tingling and it's like, okay, yeah. who is this guy? He's always talking <laughs> about, like, biggest dick or karma is a dick or, oh, my tingling balls or, or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, stop, stop it. Oh, my. Oh, stop so it. So, which episode do we actually see them? <laughs> see this dick he's always talking about. <laughs> So twelve. Hey Tammy, do you want to predict the death of Griffin and you can you know decide what episode? Oh god, Griffin? I wish. But like <laughs> I actually I do think Price will die in this show, but I I don't I don't think Griffin I, oh god I wish he would. Do you think Price would be see, killed by the I killer? I could see Price die. Yeah, yeah, I could see Price being killed by the killer. Okay. Because Ooh. only because he's get like uh, what's her face? Uh, the <laughs> fake meat monster, whatever her name. <laughs> I don't know what, what we're calling oh. the killer yet. But um, she, yeah. <laughs> Make up a I name guess. for her. I don't know. I don't know. Joyce, there you uh, go. So she, <laughs> Wiggy McWigs a lot. I don't know. <laughs> She's so she, But she, like, killed that guy because he had stolen all of that stuff out of Jessica's stuff. Like, all of her case files. Her, uh, case files. And so I just think, like, Price is going to get too close to the situation and he's mm-hmm. going to die as well. Which um, would be great. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, we I mean, and, 
Griffin maybe, but I could see Griffin potentially mm-hmm. actually working with the killer like you guys are saying. So or something. He's he's conniving that one. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what do you think about the whole little storyline of um, uh, Trish getting photographed with uh, Malcolm and it being a, a big oh, hoo ha in the press? <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I think the cover on the like the People magazine type cover is hilarious. I have yeah. an Easter egg about that's that happy. cover. That's awesome. Mm. Uh, I also like, um, obviously, I mentioned before the uh, the whole interaction with Sally the wig maker. I thought that was quite funny, and we get the Patsy <laughs> photo on the wall. Which yeah. is all like, hey, I wish you would be my friend, or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, later on, after Trish and Griffin have sex, this is when Griffin again uh, says, uh, compares people and says they're a bunch of limp dicks. Griffin, stop talking about dicks. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> it's just well, he's it, the meat monster. <laughs> oh, he's made up entirely of dicks. Yeah, he's completely made of penises. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> terrifying. Oh, yeah, that is that is monstrous. Yep. Isn't there like yep. an episode of Steven Universe where Steven is made up entirely of cats? It would be like that, but with penises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Steven's made up of dicks. I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, and this is where Trish realizes that Griffin is special. It's like drugs when you find out that special one or whatever. It's like, oh. Um, I think the last sort of scene with Trish is like the whole thing with her taking the inhaler when they find Inez. Mm. And like she's like when Jessica's confronting Inez, like um, Trish is like pacing up and down, like really impatiently behind her. And she's obviously like high on side. I think she plays it really well because you can tell she's just kind of really, I don't know. Like hepped up on adrenaline. Yeah, like hep- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like even yeah. outside, she um, she shoves uh, Sunday. That's why Trish gets arrested because she shoves a police officer. She almost yeah, she almost ate that police officer's face. <laughs> <laughs> she became a zombie. She's like ah yum yum yum. For <laughs> the downside of that inhaler, it makes you into a cannibal. It's <laughs> a real bath salt situation. <laughs> oh, anyway, that was the episode, guys. Any anything else you want to mention that kind of happened in those? Those two episodes. Malcolm um, brought another um, oh, Marlene. lady well, there home was, with There him. was another lady as well. There was Marlene, and then he was talking to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they broke in. The, well, they went into Jessica's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's mm-hmm. weird. Like, it's. I think it's strange the way they're using sex in this show, specifically in this season. Because, like, I briefly mentioned it. I don't know if it was, like, the first episode or the second one, where, mm-hmm. you know... Jessica talks, you know, straight out says, like, right away, like, that she's just out having casual sex or whatever, which would be fine, but the way she's using it is almost like, almost like a drug, like, to kind of forget, like, she's using it like she drinks. Well, that's how Malcolm is using it as well. And that, yeah, and I just find that interesting that Malcolm is doing the same thing, especially because he is a, a recovering drug addict, and he's using it the same way, and I just think it's interesting we we have these characters that are into casual sex and they make it. So it's both like such a negative thing for both of the characters doing it. I'm just like, okay, well, well also good. Jerry was using it last week as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her, I just, sexy, sexy sex party. I just thought we had moved past that on TV to use it as such a negative. So, but, uh, guess not. Well, I suppose we just need to get a uh, loop back and then it will be a positive again. Yeah, seriously. No. Uh, do you guys want some Easter eggs? 
Yes, please. Yes. There isn't many. Yes. I think there's only two, because uh, most of them are quite obvious. You know, obviously, Foggy appeared. We had the Patsy Walker little picture. Um, okay, so here's two. Uh, here's one for when we uh, we do our next trip to New York, uh, everyone, which is the okay. Rudy's, uh, which is the bar that Jessica mentions when she's asked for her place that she goes to relax. Uh, Rudy's on 9th and 45th is a real Hell's Kitchen dive bar. Let's go. Ah. Road trip. Oh. Uh, and then on Den of Geek, it does mention as well, um, Josie's is not real. Um, but if you want to visit it, you can go to the uh, the place where it's filmed, which is the Turkey's Nest in Williamsburg, which I have been to. But now we have to go to Rudy's on a field trip. OK, but Claire, you're going to promise me it's not like the last time we tried to look for a bar that was supposed to be a little speakeasy. It didn't exist. Well, we went to that awesome bar in a very sketchy neighborhood that was called Death and Company. Yeah, and it was awesome because that was... that's where you got that. that, was... that um, I can't remember what Tammy drank, but you had that. Um, cocktail with like lavender in it and all sorts. It was yeah. pretty cool. And even the, the nice barman even made me a nice uh, custom well, virgin cocktail. Yeah. yeah. Because I felt a bit sad going to like one of the best cocktail bars, you know, in New York apparently and going, can I have a coke? <laughs> <laughs> or can I have an orange juice? I think you felt sorry for me. From the, the, what do you call it? The skyline? The, you know. The, the tip uh, from the worker. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. What was it called? Okay. The uh, the 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 grassy train track. Is it called Spelling? No, no I can't think what <laughs> it's grassy called. Grassy train track. <laughs> What's it called? The High, the high line. line. The High Line. Hey. New Yorker, the High Line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and second Easter egg. Um, apparently, there is a mention of comic book Patsy Walker supporting character slash frenemy slash nemesis Hedy Wolf on a magazine, and I checked, and she is there. The magazine that Malcolm and Trisha are on the front of, uh, one of the other stories on it is about Hedy Wolf having a fight with a gal pal or something. And it shows a red haired girl fighting with a brunette or a blonde, I think. And um, Hedy Wolf um, was basically a character in the Patsy Walker comics. And she was like Patsy's frenemy. Um, and Den of Geek says, think of Hedy as the Reggie Mantle to Patsy's Archie Andrews. Uh-huh. So that was quite cool. And the fact that she's fighting with a redhead on the magazine is obviously meant to be Patsy. So that was quite cool. Uh, so that's your Easter eggs. I'm sorry there weren't many. Uh, okay. But, you know, it's less than okay, to read. That's okay, because there's real ones in the stores these days. So we're, we're Yeah, good. that's true. Tis, tis the season. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for quotes. I'm going to go first, if that's all right. That's fine. Can I get another pillow? You have seven pillows. Yeah. I, I relate to that. I relate to that quote a lot. I want all the pillows. Uh, Brad, do you have any quotes? Um, yeah, I saw one here. Hold up, hold up. Oh yeah, this is Jessica talking to Trish. You have off. You have often needed protection from your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> now, do we think that that's going to turn into a superpower that, like, Trish has, like? <laughs> Like powers, like uh, uh, what's it called, vagina dentata, uh, like the movie, the horror movie yes, teeth, where you have yes. like little fangs in your vagina and you chop off people's penises. <laughs> Maybe that's why Griffin's so obsessed with penises because he's worried about his. <laughs> Their super sense. vagina. <laughs> yeah. Explain it. Uh, Will, Will, do you have any quotes? Uh, something I was saying like pretty much all day after I watched the episode yesterday. That's not me. 
Moira? Um, I just have, well, actually I have two. One is, sorry about your ball. (laughs) 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 And then Trish, right at the beginning. So, we just dumped a body at your childhood vacation spot. (laughs) I have to say, I did did go back and peek at that scene, and I thought that was a t-shirt flying off towards the I know. (laughs) I only realized, like, after watching it, like, a couple of times, and I was like, oh, no, that's Simpson's butt. Right. So, it's not that I I lied, but I did not see it. It's that I saw it as something else. It's so (laughs) funny. Oh my I god! I love it. Um, yeah. Tammy Tams. I I got um. I just almost beat the shit out of my support group today. So take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> I've had those days. Uh, I've had yeah. one of these days as well, um, which is a Jessica quote, which is, "Aren't relationships great?" <laughs> that made me. Laugh. <laughs> oh, I have that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we have any more? Does anyone? Mm-hmm. Um, I like when Jerry comes to visit Jessica, and Jessica just uh, says, bucket list complete. Yes! Oh, that was so funny! <laughs> yeah, because she says, never been to your place of business, and yep. then Jessica says, bucket list mm. complete! <laughs> yep. uh, anyone else got any quotes? I think I've got one more. I have... Oh, I have two more, if that's alright. Unless anyone else wants to go. Okay, I have... Um, one where uh, <laughs> Trish visits uh, Maury about the unidentified human head, and he says, unidentified human head? Oh, Christ, too much Molbeck last night. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I love him. And then I have another one where they go into Sally's wig shop, and Sally says, dear God, it's Patsy, which really made me laugh. <laughs> I have uh, one that's... Uh... Malcolm, when he shows Jessica the eviction notice and she goes and walks to Oscar's place and Malcolm just goes, time to update the resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we actually didn't mention a Malcolm scene earlier, which was when he visits Eugene, the landlord. Um, yeah. Which I kind of think it's hilarious that Jessica sent Malcolm <laughs> to objectify him. <laughs> but oh Eugene's God. like, nope, I have my, my boyfriend, Keo, who's moving from Cambodia next week. Look at this painting of him. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, right, so next it's time to rate these episodes. Um, so we'll do episode three first. Uh, Tammy Towns, you can go first. Oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, okay, so, yeah, I, I actually like both of these episodes. i got to just kind of talk about them in a, as a group, mm-hmm. and then I'll read them separately. Um, I thought the three had a lot of information in it and i like that jessica and trish were together most of the episode mm-hmm. um a lot of their scenes were together because even though we we know that they're best friends it felt like season one was just jessica trying to deal with their own shit which makes sense or protect um trish and we didn't get to actually see them together a lot and this was uh i thought fun to watch them together and then with the second episode, I don't have as many notes for the second episode. Um, I did like, you know, the whole thing with Jessica, like, punching through Max's hood was fun. Um, and I liked all of the Jerry stuff, like her going to visit her doctor and her just, like, trying to figure out her life. Really, I just like the Jerry stuff in both episodes. Um, 
So I'm going to give episode three um, eight out of ten. Don't you wish we were friends? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The second or four. uh, I like that one a little less because we had so much price in it. So I'll give that seven and a half out of ten. Mean as mean. Mean as mean. This uh, is so stupid. I really want to punch that guy just for saying that. <laughs> it was so yeah, it was so dumb. It was like okay. Uh, he was so pleased as well with the little nickname he came up with. Yeah, yeah. He was so happy with it. I was like, no, not good. <laughs> oh, um, Brad. Uh yeah, I, I I liked both of these episodes. They were really good. Um, You're liking this series better uh, than The Punisher, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, not gonna stop watching this, because um, yeah, that was garbage. Um, yeah, I think um, I I like I think I like episode four a little bit more than episode three. Um, I don't know. Uh, episode three, you got a lot of good setup going on. Um, um, it's good stuff. I'm trying trying to separate these now. They, yeah. See this thing with these Netflix oh, they shows. Blend together. Mm-hmm. They just, they're all so much together, but mm-hmm. um, okay, yeah, that was in three. Um, yeah, I feel like episode three, like, we're really locking in. Um, I think we, we we know what's going on now, um, and we're, we're getting there. And episode four, like, it's really starting to kick off and get into high gear. Mm-hmm. So, for that alone, I will say give a three, a seven, and a for an eight out of ten um, uh, meat monster uh, ringmaster creations. <laughs> uh, Moira. Okay, I'm feeling very much the same. These two episodes blend together pretty seamlessly. I really enjoy them. Um, uh, same kind of stuff you said. I like I like the way they're working together as a team, meaning Trish and Jess, and I like Jerry's stuff, which we've talked about, and I like the Malcolm bits. There's just not a lot I don't like. There's a few annoying bits, but not much. So I'm going to give these... Um, okay, the first one. Boy, I hope I'm getting this right. <laughs> I'm trying to remember when things happen, because I just did the ratings now. So for episode three, I'm going to give it eight out of ten bowling ball skulls. Because I hope that was when we saw the skull. <laughs> it was, don't worry. Um, okay. <laughs> and um, for the second one, I'm also giving it an eight, guys. I, I really like them both. I'm giving that one eight out of ten grisly, partially dismembered corpses. Because <laughs> it was so disgusting. It was disgusting. <laughs> um, William. Me. Uh, yes, there's a lot of good stuff in these episodes. Uh, yeah, I like them both a lot. Uh, all the, the Jerry storyline, Trish and Jessica working together, uh, Oscar coming around, Malcolm getting his own stuff to do. Uh, so I guess Griffin may be the only thing I didn't really like about them. I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. He's, he's Anyway, (laughs) so I'll give episode three, eight out of ten bodies tossed in the ocean. (laughs) And episode four, eight and a half out of ten. That's not me. That's not me. That's not me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I like both these episodes. I think I liked... uh, 
episode four a bit more than episode three. Um, mm, I don't know, actually, because I wasn't that blown away with what we get of the killer once we see her in this in episode four. Um, I think we see her in episode four or three. I can't remember. <laughs> um, but I, I think I preferred episode four a bit more. I loved the Jerry stuff. Uh, I find her storyline really compelling, like we were saying. Um, the Jessica stuff's really good, although I found Oscar's storyline, it feels like, like Brad said, his arc is over really quick. Um, even though obviously there's there's episodes to go. Um, uh, I think I just didn't have a clue what was going on with this guy at this point while watching the show. Um, but there's a lot of little bits I like about these two episodes. Uh, I love the wig shop bit. That was great. I love seeing Maury. I hope he comes back. Um, so I'm going to give episode three, I think, a 7.5 out of 10 Flying Simpsons. And <laughs> I think episode four, an eight out of ten, Squishy remains in a van. And that gives us an average score for episode three of uh, 38. What? That makes no sense. 7.7. Um, 7. I was like, what? Of 7.7. 7, and let me just work out episode four. I was like, 38. You what? Off the charts. Oh no, <laughs> the best episode yes. ever. <laughs> and for episode four, it's an average of. He's right. Of eight. So we liked episode four ever so slightly more than episode three. Um, yeah, which is cool. Uh, all right, now it is time for our feedback. I think we have one email from our old pal Sedna. We've missed you, Sedna. Where have you been? We need someone to get excited um, about stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, Will, as you are the newest co-host, would you like to be to step into Mel's shoes? Here they are. I've got her sneakers right here. Would you like to step into uh, them and to read sure. Sedna's email? Okay. I'm they feel gonna... nice on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're only the finest sneakers that, that Mel left behind. Uh, it starts off with uh, a, oh, wow. a lot of exclamation marks. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is from Sedna. Okay, start us out. Foggy! <laughs> Jerry, you're awesome and all that. Particularly loved your hottest fuck Coke orgy last ep, but you're a bitch. <laughs> see, how you, see how much he's smartened up for you? See how super empathetic? empathetic and helpful he is actually no as you were treat him like crap so once he does come around and matt's resurrected he can go back to in in an m please nelson and murdoch m and m to matt and mel (laughs) (laughs) and we can finally find out what's up with her you can bet she'll pursue every possible treatment how about she calls up danny Rand for a chiefest healing that's true. We I'm didn't even think I'm... about that when we were talking about Doctor Strange. Yeah, oh, that's true, yeah. Danny for a fisting. Trying to fist. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> Speaking of fisting, um, I'm liking how many of the minor characters are gay. Trisha's fan couple, Jessica's landlord, maybe more later. No spoilers. Yeah. We finally... Regenic Mateer's character. Still likely super strong rage monster Typhoid Mary. I, well, I can't say um, anything. I, I wish. 
And has Trish taken a step towards becoming Hellcat by pilfering Simpsons inhaler? Oh, yeah. I should say, Brad, did you know that Trish's superhero name in the comics is Hellcat? I know you're a fan uh, of the show, Hellcats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it was one of America's greatest um, cheerleader-based um, CW dramas. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Will. How lucky Jess finally has Oscar on her side, but not quite in her pants. How useful <laughs> How useful might knowing a master forger be? Mm-hmm. True. Nice Me Too moment we all wanted, Jess and the pedo film director. Thanks, Sedna. Sedna. Sedna, you're awesome. I'm glad you're back. I like that Sedna's standing up for Foggy as well, because we know Sedna's a big Daredevil fan. They brought Phil Coulson back to life. I'm sure they could cure uh, Jerry. They'll uh, shield on that. do the shield stuff on her. Like, didn't they like cut Coulson's brain over and like poke around in it a bit or something to bring him yeah. back to life? I can't remember. But isn't he like if... Coulson, like the Ghost Rider now or something? I heard. No, no, that was for like a second. But what if they? What if Jerry became uh, the Ghost Rider? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. You wouldn't see it coming. What a twist! That might be the wacky twist. I guessed. Who knows? Oh. oh, I'm just thinking about Jerry being the ghost rider now and how awesome it would be. <laughs> anyway, okay, so let's talk about next week's episodes. We have episode five, which is called AKA The Octopus. Could it be the octopus in Malcolm's room? Mm, I'm not saying. <laughs> uh, backed into a corner, Jessica's forced to share her intel on the killer. A groggy Trish tries to pull herself together before an important meeting. Mm. And episode six, a.k.a. FaceTime. Jessica gate crashes an exclusive country club on the hunt for the killer. And Trish's new addiction begins to spiral out of control. Obviously, her addiction is FaceTime filters. Um, she's like, oh, there's so many. Look, look, this one. I have a cat on my head. Look, look, Jessica. Look, Jessica. Ah, it's amazing. So that's that's a spoiler from me to you guys. You're welcome. Uh, Moira and Brad, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, these episodes. Always a pleasure, never well, a chore. <laughs> That's good to know. No, thanks for thanks for inviting me. This was fun as usual, as always. Yay, um, Moira. Where can uh, is there anything you want to promote? Where can people find you on the interwebs? No, I just I just lurk around the borders of your podcast. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. This is known. And you were obviously well, being to invited say, back for Luke Cage season two. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank, thank you, thank you. Because of course, yummy yum. No, Will, I was just going to say, uh, lovely to have your your lovely dulcet tones, as we say on the, this podcast. It's quite delightful. Uh, yeah, it's always great to hear from you, Moira. We don't talk enough. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We I can know. just have a side, have a sneaky side Skype. No one needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> We need to uh, drag Will along to uh, the next meetup in the states. Yes, we totally yes. do. We do. You have to come. You have to come east, or or we'll all go west, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yes, come to the west coast. <laughs> yeah. How many How many bedrooms do you have in your your mansion, Will? We can all stay there, right? Oh, my little dump. Uh, <laughs> two right now, but there's a couch, and you can sleep with Reese if you want. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Reese Cuddles. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, Brad, thank you for coming on. Where can people hear you? Is there anything you've recorded recently? <laughs> um, like two hours ago. 
Yeah. Well, if you want to hear uh, me and Damien Claire discussing the garbage fire that was hopefully the Oof. final um, episode of X Files, um, you can hear that on Intro to X. Um, that's a thing. Um, good podcast, <laughs> terrible show. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, also, we'll be back with uh, Calavici Fashion Cast soon. Thank um, you. Discussing quantum yes. leaps. <laughs> Will's like Yay. quantum leap fashions. That'll be delightful, and we'll all be happy again. Yeah, totally. Um, I, can't, I can't wait. I cannot oh, wait. It's going to be so good. Little Jason, little um, Jason Jordan. Joseph Gordon-Levitt running around. In Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's oh, going to be great. Um, yeah. Also, you can hear me on the Ramjack podcast, where we're talking about all kinds of things. Um, for the month of March, we've been watching the third episode of Random Television Shows. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my God. Um, so, um, in the episode, the next episode coming out, we'll be talking about the third episode of My Mother, the Car. <laughs> nice. <laughs> which is insane. Um, next month is April, so obviously it's going to be a month about, we're going to be watching episodes of television shows with monsters in them. So, come check that out. It's a fun time. Awesome. Cool. Um, and Will, is there anything you want to promote that you've been up to this week? It doesn't have to be a podcast, um, just in uh, life. Post you know. it. Two, I posted two episodes of SpartaCast Yay. yesterday, so I'm all caught up on posting. I, ha- I got a new computer and then you know, had to get everything set up on that computer to edit and everything. Awesome. How but, many yeah. have you guys booked to go? Because you're pretty far through it. Uh, we're, uh, we've got six episodes in season two and then ten episodes in season four and then that's it. Ooh. Or season three, whatever. Nice. Oh, I love it. Uh, and Tammy Tams, have you got anything you want to promote that Brad and I have not promoted as yet? Um, Claire, you should go see Black Panther. <laughs> promoting the movie Black Panther. Everyone should go watch it. Uh, <laughs> I might um, finally also, see it tomorrow, hopefully. hopefully. I hope so. Like, for all of our sakes, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I'm going to promote the this season of Agency S.H.I.E.L.D., which started off a little slow, but I really like these last couple of episodes. Will thankfully gives me a heads up when I'm going to cry in an episode. <laughs> Thank you for the, for the hot tip. Uh, <laughs> and he was correct. Is this the final season or something? They don't know yet. Oh. It hasn't officially been canceled, I don't think. Yeah, I read somewhere that they are treating it like the final season, like the writer said that they are writing a finale because they don't know yet but they're going to they're treating it like it's the final season. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I I sort of heard bits and pieces. Cool. I another one I need to catch up on. <laughs> Even though then I have to sit through uh, Grant Ward and I hate Grant Ward. So. Cool. Well, that was it for this week. Um, Brad and or slash Moira, you can take us out with an Excelsior if you want. <laughs> I think Brad should do it. I haven't heard him do it before. Um. I don't think. Sure. Excelsior! Oh, I like that. (laughs) Thanks, Stanley. (laughs) It was worth it, right, Moira? (laughs) That was a really intriguing Excelsior. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Just doing my part. Just doing my part. Uh Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Defenders Podcast 
or on Twitter at DefendersPod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!